You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com and Brandon Lee Gowden of bleedinggreennation.com. You are listening to BGN Radio episode number uh, 220? 220, we'll go with 220. Uh, I am also sitting here with Charlie. He did not want to leave my office before we started recording. I have the windows open, so I apologize in advance if another dog walks by my house and he goes absolutely ape poopy. Uh, So anyway, Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Uh, it's funny you censored yourself there, Jimmy, um, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But first of all, I'm doing great because BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. And the reason why I said it was funny that you censored yourself there is because I'm not going to censor myself in what I'm about to say. Sorry, Rachel, to make you edit on edit, I guess, early <laughs> into the podcast, but Ben Simmons, man. <laughs> that guy. That guy sucks. He's such a loser. He's a coward. I know it's an Eagles podcast, but we're going to get into a little bit of Ben Simmons and what Jason Kelsey had to say about him uh, in this pod. But seriously, man, like I, I just am really frustrated for obviously everyone who has to deal with this, but also like how for years when people kind of like crapped I, I, I'm, now i'm answering myself even though i just said <laughs> the f word not too long ago uh crapped on you know like people who were negative about him or dissented about him for years like i i feel like jimmy we just need better standards when it comes to standing certain athletes like you don't have to just automatically buy in and like feel like a player a star player a supposed star player can do no wrong no matter what like this unconditional love for some of the like the loser players in this town is just too much to me. So that's my big opening thing. How are you, Jimmy? Let's just get right into Kelsey, I guess. Okay. Uh, I mean, let's just start there because his quote today was awesome. <laughs> like he's, he said, um, uh, I'll just read it. He said, that's what I tell guys. You write your own narrative. I don't want to crush any other players, but what's going on with the 76ers and Ben Simmons and stuff like that. All that is because of a lack of accountability, a lack of owning up to mistakes, a lack to correct things. If if all that is corrected, uh, if all that is corrected, if you're fixing free throws, if you're getting better as a player, none of this is happening. Everybody can complain about how tough this city is to play in. Just play better, man. This city will love you. Jason Kelsey's awesome. <laughs> like it's he he summed it up perfectly. And the he like his quote is much, much, much longer than that. The whole thing is awesome. So you can find it uh online, do so. But that's sort of the uh the money shot of the quote uh that, that he had uh here. We're recording this on Thursday, that he had uh on Thursday uh afternoon. And um it's spot on, and you can probably apply what he said about Ben Simmons 
to uh, former quarterback Carson Wentz, who, um, of course, in in my opinion, and I know Brandon feels the same way, did not take accountability for his poor play in 2020. And, you know, the first hint of like real, I mean, he had had adversity earlier in his career with the 20 CL and that kind of stuff. But at the first hint of like real adversity where he wasn't playing well, the team had drafted another quarterback in the second round. He was ready to just bolt, get out of here. I mean, when he got benched in the uh, Packers game late in the season in 2020, He's, I mean, he admitted like he, on the sideline, he's thinking, oh, I, I got to get out of here. So like, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Kelsey's words could also be applied to Carson Wentz. I know that like players felt that way about Wentz, even players that at one time were very close to Wentz, like his inner circle group of guys, like they felt that way about him, uh, you know, during that season and after he sort of forced his way out of town. So uh, you can draw a lot of parallels with what Kelsey's talking about. I'm sure over his 10 year career, uh, somebody mentioned this, you know, in, in, uh, on, on Twitter, my apologies. I can't uh, cite, cite you because I don't have it up on my screen, but he made the point that, you know, Kelsey has no doubt seen plenty of players that have not taken accountability for their poor play or whatever else. Uh, but, but certainly in my opinion, uh, you could pinpoint Carson Wentz uh, in that. I'm not saying Jason Kelsey was talking about Carson Wentz, uh, but certainly I think you could apply that to the way that he left town as well. Yeah, Jason Kelsey is a player worth standing and is awesome. And I, I guess I, I, I'm so stuck on that, Jimmy. I, I'm so frustrated with like some of the low standards that are at times, like these kind of players. Like, why were we ever standing Ben Simmons to the level like of like he can't be criticized at all? And same thing with Carson Wentz, even like back to last year. And to kind of wrap this into the present, different situation, not comparing, um, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts to the Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz, but. Like this, this is kind of like a philosophical thing, but like this whole stand culture kind of thing where like a player can do no wrong. We want to support our guys. I, I get being a fan and wanting to support your players. I totally understand that. But like you have to at some level be like in touch with reality a little bit at least and be like, okay, this guy isn't playing well and maybe they're not that good and maybe the critics might be right. Like instead of just like trying to like say, oh, the critics are so stupid and they're 100% wrong. I have no idea. Like may- maybe that's not true. And with Jalen Hurts, again, I'm not trying to compare this at all, but just like some of the support I've seen for him is almost like can do no wrong. And I'm like, like, why are we doing this? Why do we keep? And I I guess it kind of just happens with every quarterback because Sam Bradford had stands too, like basically to the end, (laughs) like everyone talking about his hashtag last seven games going into that 2016 season before they traded him and everything. So uh, that's what sticks out to me about all this is just like my frustration with some of these loser players that get support for way too long. And uh, yeah, I guess. Well, I will it. say in defense of Jalen Hurts, like he tried, he, like he is, he is mentally there. Like he, yeah, I'm not saying he, Jalen Hurts he, is the loser he, player, by the yeah, way. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. I was just making just to clarify on that. He is uh, a player that uh, is worth rooting for because he tries hard and he gets it mentally. And, yeah. You know, he's going to, I'm saying we should be, he's going to do everything selective. he can to be the best player that he can be. And I think he's actually the kind of player that, um, should have, you know, does appeal to the Philadelphia fan base. But as you mentioned, like, you know, the guys that, that, that don't are like the Ben Simmonses of the world. I would say that even like Sam Bradford, I, I don't want to say that like, uh, he was, he wasn't like a bad guy or anything like that. But, uh, you know, he, 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 as you said, like he got support way past, uh, you know, any, any point of return on like him being a, a, Good player for the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously. But uh, anyway, uh, I don't know if you have any anything further on on Simmons or the Kelsey comments, or should we just get to the Eagles news? 
I think people should just be a little bit more selective about who they like give unconditional fan support to. That's all. That's I'm fair. Just yeah. Like a little bit more. Let's like let's, let's vet that a little bit more. Uh, and and let's let's like allow some room for dissent. So even just like a little bit. Um, certainly I was wrong on Carson Wentz. I supported him for way too long, not until the end end, but like going into the final year. Um, and the people who are more critical of him probably got a lot of, you know, flack and probably, you know, in hindsight, obviously maybe shouldn't have because they, they called some of that out. But, um, for, for me, but, for Wentz, like it was when he didn't take accountability for his poor play. Yeah. Like you're going to play badly sometimes just because, and, and, you know, in his case, there were some circumstances working against him. He never really had good receivers. I think the play calling and the sure. scheme in, in the final year was horrible. Everything went wrong in 2020, but he was a huge, huge part of it. He played like, like garbage and he just wouldn't take accountability for it at all. That's kind of where he lost me along the way. All right. So let's move on into some actual more Eagles current stuff, Jimmy. Um, I guess we should start with that. Dallas Goddard is back off the COVID-19 list. He was activated. Mm -hmm. So presumably he passed two COVID tests, negative results, uh, 24 hours apart. So what he needed to clear that. Now, the Eagles injury report just came out right as we're recording this podcast on Thursday afternoon, October 21st. And he was actually listed as did not practice. He was doing some work in a side field. So it seems like they're ramping him up, which I would say like isn't ideal because he missed like Wednesday obviously. And Thursday, he didn't fully participate. It's not the end of the world, but like he's missed a good chunk of the game planning for this game. So like, that's not like, you know, an ideal situation, but ultimately he's back on the roster and that's what matters. And so is Lane Johnson, who was also upgraded to full participant after being limited on Wednesday. It seems like the Eagles wanted to ramp him up a little bit. And I saw Derek Gunn say on Friday night that the Eagles are actually going to make a decision on Lane Johnson playing on Friday. So, you know, they're going to see how he handles practice and everything. Uh, yeah. I imagine Lane will play uh, right. on, on Sunday. And if he does, he'll be at right tackle, of course. Lane and uh, Jordan Mailata will head back over to his spot at left tackle. Andre Dillard will head back to the bench. And I'm sure Goddard will play too. Like, uh, we're, it's only Thursday, so three days until game day. Uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. In addition to... Um, you know, having to pass the two tests uh, 24 hours apart. He also has to be asymptomatic for at least 48 hours. Now you can get around that, I guess. You could just, you know, lie and say, you know, you're not feeling badly. But obviously one of the uh, symptoms of COVID is uh, fatigue. So if he's not experiencing that uh, going forward, if they're being truthful, of course, uh, about him being asymptomatic or if he's being truthful rather, then uh, he should be good to go uh, in, in theory within three days uh you know, from, from Thursday to Sunday. So uh, what do we want to get to now? Should we get to sort of what are the Raiders? Cause this is a team that, um, or is there any other news that we got to get to? Well, on Goddard real quick. Um, okay. I guess it'll, it'll be interesting to see to what extent he's, especially coming off of this. That's another variable in here, but to, to what extent is used? I mean, he's obviously tight end one. Now that Zach Hurts is gone, he's not going to be splitting playing time. But I guess I'm going to be interested to see you know, exactly what that workload looks like. And with a quarterback who doesn't want to throw over the middle of the field, by the way, stat came up uh, that was out there. Like Jalen Hurts is throwing over the middle of the field. I, I brought this up earlier on ESPN stat, but there was someone separately who looked this up on NFL Next Gen. And like based on all those uh, little passing uh, charts that they put out there, Jalen Hurts finished, uh, I think, at like under 3%. He finished at, yeah, 2.88% in terms of middle of the field. Like throws. in between the hashes, right? 
Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. <clears throat> middle of the field throw attempt as between eight and twenty yards and within the middle third of the field. Uh, okay. So yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'm so I'm interested in that, and obviously we want to see who the backup is too because we don't we don't necessarily know that yet because Jack Stoll is on the roster. Tyree Jackson was mm-hmm. activated to the fifty three or the um his, his practice window was activated. Yeah. So he's eligible to return within the next three weeks. And then uh, Noah Tangiai is obviously on the practice squad, and the Eagles use a protection on him so they could potentially elevate him. I'm really interested in the Jackson thing to me because the Eagles talked to him a lot, meaning the Eagles, as in Howie Roseman, talked to him up a lot yeah. in his post-Zacherts trade press conference. And Jackson did look really good in training camp. Now it's training camp. And also, the quarterback who was throwing to him, I feel like at least maybe even 100% of the time, if not like 99% of the time, sure. was Joe Flacco. So I don't know. Yeah, and he and he put the ball like where, you know, he. I mean, the, a lot of the passes to Tyree Jackson were up high, where he could go up and and use his height, as Doug Peterson would say, to go up and get those passes. And he made a lot of nice catches uh, on higher passes. So I don't know if uh, that's something that Jalen Hurts will do whenever Tyree Jackson is able to play and plays. Uh, but I would guess that he won't play on Sunday. Like they won't activate him to the fifty-three man roster between now and then because he's got to get some practice time in. Like if he were a vet and he came back and like, you know, he didn't, he knew the offense, he didn't need to practice. Um, that's a different story. But as a rookie, not only a rookie, but a guy converted from quarterback to tight end, I think it's probably going to take a little bit of a ramp up time. One thing I will say about Tyree Jackson, there is, um, he was like doing some side work uh, on the field like two weeks ago. Were you there? For, were you there for, for this one? Were you standing next to me? For, like he was on like one foot and he was like jumping there. They, they were doing some just, uh, I guess it was some sort of like, um, uh, you know, training type drill, like uh, muscle mass kind of drill where like uh, he was on one foot and he'd, he'd go all the way down and he'd, you know, sort of explode and jump. And like his vertical jump on one foot off of like, you know, he's like 250, 260 pounds, six, six. He was, he had a bet, not that like I, I can jump or anything like that, but his vertical just standing in place with one foot was like way higher than my vertical. <laughs> like it was crazy, like how high he was getting uh, off of just one foot, the explosion that that guy has. So, um, you know, you guys saw it in the, he played in the preseason, right? He made some decent plays in the preseason games. He, he played in the f- first preseason game because then he got hurt right in front of us, right where yeah. we were standing. Oh, in the uh, joint practices Patriots. against Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. And he got really high on that catch that he got hurt on, by the way. And probably part of why catch. he got hurt. Well, yeah, and that's probably part of why he got hurt because he was so high up in the <laughs> air and he like landed hard on his back. Anyway, do you think any of the uh, Howie Roseman love for Tyree Jackson? Um, and this is maybe a stretch, but do you think any of that was like uh, pointed toward Dallas Goddard and his representation? Because it is clear that guys like Jordan Mailata and Josh Sweat signed contracts that you know were maybe sort of could be classified as team friendly. But Goddard's representation, you know, certainly isn't going for all that. Like, I think they understand what the market will be for tight ends next offseason um, and what they were this past offseason. Do you think there was like maybe a message sent there that like, OK, well, we have this other guy in case you don't want to sign back here or whatever? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, Dallas Goddard himself said he was surprised that a deal wasn't done heading mm-hmm. into the season. Yeah, and that was before, like you said, Mylotta and Sweat signed contract extensions. And honestly, 
Is it like impossible that Avante Maddox might even sign a contract extension before Dallas Goddard does? Oof. I don't think it's impossible because um, Maddox have a nice little season here and he'll be a free agent after the year. So yeah, I could see that. I don't think, I think the, the most likely situation, if I have to like give you, like if you're asking me that, which you didn't, but I will put that situation out there, is that like he gets tagged. I think so too. The, yeah, he gets hit with the franchise tag. I just don't think, unless like he absolutely crushes it the rest of this year, and looks like the freaking like the best tight end in the league, and it's like a no brainer. Like, oh, we mm-hmm. have to pay this guy. We can't lose this guy. We can't just throw that. I mean, maybe they put the tag on him in the meantime while they try to work it out yeah. further. But, um, but yeah, I think they're kind of waiting. And uh, I don't think that's totally insane to me because I I do along with what Howie Roseman said. I want to see what Dallas Goddard looks like with tight end one workload, like mm-hmm. if his body can handle that, if he's going to get banged up, and also just how effective it looks. I think he's looked really good, obviously thus far. And how he talked about, like, we kind of know what Dallas Scotter is. And I, I agree with that, but you don't know what he looks like in this super huge volume role. So, and I think you kind of want to see a little bit of that before you give him this big money deal. Yeah, we've seen little glimpses of it, like when Ertz has missed a game here or there. But for the course of, like, I mean, right. we're already six big games stretch. into the season, but there's 11 left. So, um, like, I mean, and he's had big games when Ertz has been out. Like, he was huge in that. Cowboys game in 2019 that ultimately decided the division. I I think he had like nine catches for 90 something yards and touchdown. Um, So, you know, he's had those moments, but can he string those together over the course of a, of a long season tag, by the way, is going to be like 11 million, which is super cheap for Mm -hmm. like the, the tight end position is like a really cheap tag. Whereas like, you know, quarterbacks is going to be, you know, over 25 million Uh, other positions like offensive tackle, defensive end, you know, they're, they're going to be way higher, but tight end is, is very, cheap right now so uh the eagles do have that leverage i guess should we take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the raiders game take a break because a little bit of a shorter pod since we did another episode earlier this week if you missed that go back and check out bgn radio episode 219 where we talked about the bucks game and some other happenings with the eagles jimmy before we go to break let me tell you about righteous felon craft jerky which you can go and get yourself by going to righteousfelon.com using discount code bgn15 for 15% off by doing that you are getting some great snacks they have non-meat snacks in addition to their meat snacks the jerky and the biltong which i'm a big fan of you're helping support the bgn radio podcast which is obviously a great thing because it's a free pod and if you like it and you want to help support it you can go do that you're also helping support a local business righteous felon uh based nearby so uh, everyone wins when you go to RightToSelling.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, the tribe has not spoken for us. We're still here. We've not been voted off the island just yet. Still hanging around uh, to shout out to Survivor. Uh, Jimmy, the Eagles play a football game this week. (laughs) Yes. No juice for this game. But yeah, yeah, they're playing in Oakland. They play the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> uh, excuse me, not Oakland. Good setup. They play, they no play, juice. <laughs> they Just play dead in silence. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know where the, the Raiders play. They play in Las Vegas, not Oakland. Mm. They moved from Oakland to Las Vegas. In case you missed that, uh, a lot of Eagles fans are going out to the game, so that might be fun. Uh, you know, do a little gambling, uh, do whatever it is you do in your in your adult life uh, out in Las Vegas. But the game itself. Not a lot of juice, and it's an opponent that opponent that we don't really know all that well because they play him once every four years. Uh, but when I took a look at this team, I think their offense is like really underrated in terms of. I mean, their offensive line stinks, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, their skill position players are like really good, and I think they're like. I don't think uh, people have caught up yet with how you know talented that group is. It starts with Darren Waller, who, in my opinion, is a top three NFL tight end. Like uh, during the game against uh denver last sunday uh they happened to mention i guess it was it was just they they had that game on during the uh on the red zone channel when when they happened to mention that the uh denver's head coach whose name is escaping me now right now i'm a little embarrassed about that rich uh, Rich basaccia no 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 denver's head coach oh denver my bad vic fangio yeah vic fangio so he said that darren waller you know isn't just a top tight end in the nfl he's top 10 player in the nfl so they thought super highly of him. And that's a divisional opponent, of course, of Las Vegas. Uh, but he's a super impressive athlete, huge target, 6'6", 256, uh, long arms. Uh, you know, he's sort of the centerpiece of that offense. And then there are three receivers. You have Henry Ruggs, who ran a 4.27 at the Combine. Uh, he's start, starting to have sort of a breakout season, 20 catches, 445 yards through the first six games. It's great. Two touchdowns. His 22.3 average Yards per catch leads the NFL, and you have Brian Edwards, a bigger uh, receiver, six three, I believe, two two hundred something. I don't know exactly what he weighs, but a uh, bigger guy also makes plays down the field. He's catching passes at twenty point two yards per catch, and then they have uh, Hunter Renfro, you know, in the slot, really good route runner, works the underneath stuff. He's got good numbers as well at thirty one catches, three thirty one yards, two touchdowns. That group is really good. Their running backs haven't really taken off so far this year. Like they're averaging 3.4 yards per carry, the running backs that is. Um, Josh Jacobs being uh, the best running back of the group. They also have Kenyon Drake, but it's just a really good passing offense. They lead the league in pass plays of 20 plus yards with 32 of them. Uh, Obviously, the Eagles have not given up many huge plays uh, so far this season. They've given up 11 pass plays of 20 plus yards which is uh, second best in the NFL behind only the Buffalo Bills, I believe. Um, but it's sort of a uh, an interesting matchup in that regard in that, um, you know, past teams, past, you know, explosive offenses that the Eagles have faced so far in the Chiefs, uh, the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, they're all capable of uh, big plays down the field, but have been content to just pick apart the Eagles in the short to intermediate zones, have, you know, made it look easy at times, just driving the field on the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Oak, oh, excuse me, Oakland, Las Vegas 
can transition from uh, the big play offense that they've been throughout the season and sort of take the easy stuff underneath against, again, like I said, this Eagles defense. And the big play nature isn't like something that's always been the case for Derek Carr. He's actually been right. criticized for not like doing that enough in years past. So kind of, you know, a newfound thing for him at a later stage in his career. Uh, one of the things that's really stood out, Jimmy, about the players talking about the Raiders, kind of asked what stands out, like the players being asked what stands out about Las Vegas is mm -hmm. that like they have an experienced quarterback, a guy who's been there before, you know, like someone some of the savvy, not going to make like a lot of rookie mistakes and everything. That's obviously the case with Derek Carr. Um, I think it's kind of interesting to think about where Derek Carr fits on the spectrum of the quarterbacks the Eagles have faced this year. And he's kind of in the middle, right? You would say of like, in terms of like, he's above obviously Sam Darnold mm -hmm. and um, uh, who else am I thinking of? The other bad quarterback. The Eagles well, Matt year. Ryan has passed his prime. Yep, and Matt then Ryan, of course, right. uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. But who's then not on that level. Right. Behind, you know, obviously Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Dak. So he's kind of like, he kind of fits in the middle there. And I can think that's kind of an interesting thing to see because when, you know, uh, or think about, because when you have this defense that the Eagles do, we know that they've had problems against the better quarterbacks and they've done a good job of stopping the not so good ones. So uh, I don't really know what to expect out of that. I, I tend to think that um, the Raiders are going to be able to put up some points just because, as you said, they have these weapons. I know the offensive line isn't great and we can get into that next. But one thing I really like about what the Raiders do, and I don't, and I would like, hey, Eagles, maybe kind of steal some of this Nick Sirianni talking this week about watching other games and kind of maybe learning things and taking ideas. Uh, how about you do the thing where the Raiders is constantly feed Darren Waller. Like they're not afraid to throw to him like, yeah. like five times in a row, for example, <laughs> right. like they'll just like, he's, he's really good. Just give the ball to him for whatever reason. Like, I feel like we haven't seen the Eagles do that enough when it comes to someone like either Dallas Goddard or Devontae Smith, like just force feed it to him. Just keep throwing it to him. Like, don't, like, don't overthink this. Like, just get the, you're the guy who says, Hey, we got, we got, it's all about players. Well, just get the ball to your best player. Like, don't like have to like balance everything out and, and design touches for Jalen Rager. You have to mix him in for some, no, like just get the ball to Devontae Smith, keep giving it to him. So, uh, that was a bunch of word soup about the Raiders offense. Um, <laughs> but one, something that can undo it as you highlighted is their offensive line. Yeah, so their offensive line, um, they did a weird thing during the offseason. They traded you know, three of their um three of the like their their starting offensive linemen. They traded uh doo -doo 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 -doo, uh Gabe Jackson, their right guard to the Seahawks, they traded their right tackle, Trent Brown, to the Patriots, and they traded uh, their center, uh, Rodney Hudson to the Cardinals, and then they replaced all those guys. They've had some injuries along their offensive line, like Richie Incognito is gonna be out. Uh their right guard uh, whose name is escaping me. It doesn't matter. He's he's out for this game. Uh, Alex Leatherwood was starting the season at right tackle. He was their first-round pick in 2021. He has moved to right guard since then, and they've filled in uh, the right tackle spot with somebody named Brandon Parker. So uh, you know, I, I won't, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched uh, Raiders' offensive line play over the past uh, six weeks, so you know I can't speak to their abilities uh, firsthand, but... Uh, so I'll have to sort of lean on the grades from pro football focus, which I don't like to do, but, uh, Brandon Parker is the 79th rated offensive tackle out of 79 offensive tackles in the NFL. Alex Leatherwood, 78th out of 79 offensive tackles. Again, like I said, he's playing guard. Their center, Andre James is the 35th ranked center 
out of 35 centers. So they have big problems along their offensive line. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, you know, I like him. I think he's like a, a decent enough quarterback. I think he's probably borderline like top 12 quarterback in the NFL, somewhere around that range. Uh, but you can rattle him. Like if you if you get to him, you hit him, he does sort of fall apart. And Just games. ask Joey Bosa. Exactly. Like he he took the bait against Joey Bosa. Um, Joey, I forget exactly. What did Joey Bosa say, say in that game? Or uh, after, the, after game? the game, yeah, um, he said something to the effect of basically, yeah, you, you can get, you can bother him, right? And then uh, Derek Carr like responded to it, and so I don't know exactly what he said, but um, Joey Bosa rattled his cage, so like you can rattle uh, Derek Carr and sort of get him off his game. The, the one, one like Derek Carr anecdote that I'll throw out uh, during the 2017 season. Remember that late season Eagles Raiders game? Where it ended with, uh, 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 you know, uh, Jake Elliott field goal. I think game was free. Like that, that, it, that it was a night game. It was freezing. And, um, he had a big clutch field goal to end that game. But before that happened, like, uh, the Raiders had a chance to drive the field and, and get the win. I think it was Ronald Darby had a pick in that game. But it was like one of the really bad, like Nick Foles games where we were like, uh oh, like, <laughs> like, are they just going to be one and done in the playoffs? But, he was at least not as bad as Derek Carr in that game. And I remember after that game, so after the game, like we go from the press box to the elevators down to the, uh, to the locker rooms. And there's a, there's an elevator all the way to the end where that's reserved for like uh, assistant coaches and scouts and stuff like that, that are upstairs in the booth. And um, uh, one of the Raider, I don't know if it was a Raider scout or an assistant coach of some sort, he comes storming out of like the the uh, the like the coach press area, the coach press box area, and he he yells to one of his uh, to one of his Raider buddies, "Our thirty million dollar quarterback effing sucks." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, I've never seen that before. Uh, I've never seen a, a head coach or a scout, or not a head coach, or like a, a, an assistant coach or some kind of scout of a team just." openly scream about you know the way that a, a player played badly or whatever so it's my Derek Carr anecdote for you but uh wow. you know as you said he's been around the league for a while now and, and he's a good player but if uh, the Eagles can't pressure against this bad Raiders offensive line then then uh, you know they can affect him and, and maybe sort of uh turn the game in their favor we knew once we hit him a few times he really gets shook that was the exact okay <laughs> on Derek Carr. and then Derek Carr fired back by saying he screw you, Joey Bosa. <laughs> yeah, that pissed him off. So good job for that is the quote. Okay, um, flipping into the defense, Jimmy, what stands out about the Raiders' defense? Well, they got those two pass rushers in Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, Ngakwe not super productive over the last few years. He's been it's actually on his fourth team in four years. You know, guys sort of got traded around a little bit, um, but he's still a talented player. But Max Crosby is the guy that's sort of like. Um, emerged uh on that on that defense he was a fourth round pick i believe uh has far outproduced his draft slot positioning he's got five sacks this year he had three last sunday against denver like really took control of that like i mean he was super uh disruptive in that game so when you look at the eagles offensive line and whether it's going to be uh, dillard and mylotta again which we don't think it'll be uh or if it's mylotta and lane johnson i think it's a test uh, for Lane Johnson, if he's back in this game, uh, if he can, you know, play well after coming back from his personal matter, and he'll be immediately challenged by sort of an up and coming, you know, really good pass rusher in Max Crosby. 
really like Max Crosby's aesthetic, Jimmy. Okay. He wears 98, uh, makes him look bigger. He has uh, tattoos. He has the white guy with tattoos thing going on, like Chris Long. So he kind of has like that okay. kind of like look to him. And he's been really good more than uh, – the, the aesthetic obviously doesn't actually matter. But he's actually been good this year. Um, yeah, he is tied for – Seventh, I believe, or ninth, ninth in sacks. He's five, like you said, in six games. Um, if you look at his spider chart, as we often like to do, I mean, he's like 99 percentile. Weird that he only shuttle. went fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. Like sorry, 90, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> 90, yeah. Someone in the BGN radio uh, <laughs> podcast review said stop. But I was backing up your point on the spider chart. Uh, sure. Uh, 96 percentile three cone drill, 92 percentile 40 yard dash. He's 69%. Nice. Uh, percentile wingspan he's those long arms he's been able to bat down some passes as well so that's something to watch out especially with Jalen Hurts you know shorter quarterback so yeah really good player um Raiders defense as a whole isn't like a juggernaut by any means um they have former future Eagles head coach Gus Bradley leading the way on that side of the ball um I don't think anyone from that side of the ball except for Crosby maybe in 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 Gakwe who can turn it on at times like really striking uh fear into the hearts of the Eagles necessarily. Like I think they, the Eagles should have enough here where like they should be able to put up points again in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, They shouldn't be shut down. It shouldn't have to be like the the defense needs to win the game for them. Um, But easier said than done for an offense that's really struggled these past two weeks. And the other thing too is um, it's not a very, not a very good run defense either. So they're allowing, you know, 4.6 yards per carry uh, as a defense, which is bottom quarter of the NFL. Uh, only one team in the NFL has allowed more runs of 20 plus yards. Only four teams have allowed more rushing touchdowns. And then you look at like their their like you know their top four defensive linemen. And Gakwe weighs 246. Crosby weighs 255. And then their two defensive tackles, the, the ones that get the most playing time anyway, Solomon Thomas weighs 280, and Quinton Jefferson weighs 291. So this is a defensive line that reminds me a little bit of the Slater Dallas offensive line that they faced week three and the Eagles ran the ball with their running backs, a grand total of three times in that game. Uh, they've, they ran the ball a total of 22 times combined in the three games against, you know, the very explosive offenses that they faced in the chiefs, Buccaneers, Cowboys, 22 times combined. They ran the ball with their running backs. That is in those three games. So it'll be interesting to see if Nick Sirianni has learned his lesson from those three game plans where they essentially just tried to go, oh, you know what? Well, uh, they're going to score a lot of points more than likely. So we're going to try to beat them in a shootout, which is like maddening that that would be the game plan against those three teams. So we'll see if he learns his lesson, tries to control the football a little bit more frustrates the Raiders offense by keeping them on the sideline, which is particularly effective in my opinion against a team that, you know, so heavily relies uh, on the big play to put, to put points on the board. Um, We'll see if they actually do decide to run the ball a little. I'm not asking for much here. Like give me 15, like real runs, not this foofy RPO garbage. Like they're, they're RPO. So we consider them runs. Give me 15, 15 isn't a lot. It's going to be 15 real runs out of the 60 or 65, 70 or so offensive plays that you're going to run in this game. And uh, you won't hear me complain about it after the game. All right. Well, that's our (laughs) Eagles Raiders preview, Jimmy. Uh, Really need a win here if you have any kind of hope of wanting to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like, I I mean, I don't, I think we both 
not expecting the Eagles to make the playoffs. But if right. you know, keeping that slight hope alive, I mean, you fall down to two and five. That rhymes. Uh, not great, especially as the Cowboys are running away with the East, and you know, you're likely settling for a wild card at best. Anyway, um, anything else in the Raiders matchup? No, I think you hit it. Like you have to win this game, or you're, you're going to get you're going to get more separation uh, from the Cowboys. I think that's already kind of like over it's in my opinion. Cost. But yeah. um, as far as competing for a wild card, and of course, there's now seven teams that make the playoffs instead of six. Uh, but when you look at the wild card, um, you know, nobody's running away. Nobody's running away with that right now. Like I think the Vikings have the seven seed right now. If the season were to end today, they're only three and three. So technically, the Eagles are only one game back. But really, in reality, they're like there's only three teams behind them in the NFC. So like if, if like the playoffs began today and the and like everybody made the playoffs, the Eagles would have like the 13 seed <laughs> right now. There's there only be three teams behind them. They'd be the Seahawks, uh, the Giants, and the Lions. So uh, I'm I'm with you. Like you have to win this game just to kind of stay alive and 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 you know pretend that you're maybe going. The only thing in their favor, I guess, and we've mentioned this in the last pod, is that um. The Eagles' schedule the rest of the way is super easy, and that begins with the Lions uh, week, I guess, yeah, week week eight. Uh, I'll be in Detroit. Um, so, but yeah, if they win this game, of course, you're looking at they're three and four, and then you head into Detroit, expect to win that game, you get back to 500. So it is sort of a uh, turning point uh, matchup here in week seven, even with the complete lack of juice that we have going into this matchup. Maybe Nick Sirianni learned to me about your running the ball thing during the mini buy. Maybe that was a time for self reflection. We'll see. We'll did see he see other teams when he was watching like other teams and what they were doing around the league? Did he see teams like hand the ball off to their running back and just let I, their offensive line like make blocks and open up holes and stuff? I, I, like, you can't be. So I'll, let me start over. Like when I watch other teams on red zone, it's just like offense looks so much easier. And I don't know if that's part of it is it's red zone and you're watching like all of the, you know, scoring plays and everything, but still like, I don't know, man, it just, it looks like the Eagles are not playing the same sport sometimes when it comes to their offense that these other teams are. And it just looks like so easy and effortless. And I, as say, as I say all the time, like scoring points and getting yards has never been easier in NFL history. The entire history of the NFL has never been easier than it has right now than the era we're living in. And somehow the Eagles is like, it's so not easy for them. And it's like painful to watch. So it just makes it even more frustrating. But um, anyway, Jimmy, why don't we take another break here before we get into our NFL picks against the spread, including our Eagles versus Raiders prediction. And we'll start out by saying that Jimmy's going to talk about Kristen Roach of RoachRealtors.com. Uh, yes, uh, her phone number, if you want to call or text her for real estate purposes only, uh, is 856-906-9295. I'll repeat that, 806-906-9295. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, she's Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors, RoachRealtors.com. She is irrefutably the greatest real estate agent in the history of the universe. Brandon? Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. 856-906-9295. Nine two nine five. 
Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, I thought it was funny you said for real estate purposes only, and then you <laughs> clarified that. I feel like you planted the seed into the head of trolls now who are going right. to be texting here for other things, maybe trying to you know, try to see if uh, maybe she can give them an Eagles prediction. Yeah, or, right, exactly. Uh, or something. So we'll see. Don't do that. Just only serious, serious inquiries only. Correct. As yes. they say. Thank you. Uh, yes. Please respect that. So, Jimmy, it's time for our NFL picks against the spread. I'll set the scene as I do by giving the records that no one cares about. Mm-hmm. You are a brutal 11 and 19 against okay. the spread this year, whereas I am 18 and 12 against the spread in our picks in this podcast this year. And we are, when it comes to our Eagles pick straight up, I am five and one and you are four and two. So Jimmy, we start this week with the Indianapolis Carson Wentz's who are at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are four and a half point favorites. Uh, I thought it was a good result for the Colts to win. Mm -hmm. Obviously, as we talked about last week when, um, who did they play? Why am I blanking on this? They played a terrible team. They played the Texans. Okay, yeah. It was good that they – and also, like, way too many people were freaking out about that. Or, like, I don't know, Carson Wentz looking good. Like, didn't we <laughs> I all saw agree someone the, say the Eagles are going to regret that trade. Didn't we all, like, say before the season, like, literally every single person, like, the Texans were going to be the worst team in the NFL? Yes. Like, everyone was saying that, <laughs> even worse than the Jags. Like, everyone thought they were going to be the worst team. And, obviously, they won in week one, but that was with Tyrod Taylor. And, you know, they have not looked very competitive as much, at least uh, they, they were against the Patriots. But still, it's, I mean, it's a garbage team. Like, like wake me up. And still, Carson Wentz completed like 55% of his passes in that game. He was okay. Like, he was he was fine. He was fine sure. in that game. But, like, like, it's not the kind of game where it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we gave him up. Like, it's a total – like, what are you <laughs> – like, what are we talking about? Like, because he beat the Texans? Like, that's just insane to me. Anyway, getting on to this game – um. I'm actually going to take the points in this one, even though I just <laughs> talked against Carson Wentz there. Uh, I don't really trust the 49ers a whole lot. Sounds like they'll be starting Jimmy G, I guess. There's kind of some uncertainty there um, from afar, at least from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Colts. I think they have a little bit of a something going for them. I know they've had some bad luck. You know, Julian Blackman's went out for the season. Got good, really good player, by the way, that guy. So... Uh, but yeah, and, and they're still kind of banged up elsewhere uh, on that team. Mm-hmm. They've been dealing with injury issues all year, Carson Wentz included at one point. Uh, but I think four and a half is a lot for the 49ers to cover. I don't think the 49ers are anything special. So even if the Colts don't win, which I actually will take them to win outright, but for the sake of our picks, I will take the points. What about you? I also have the Colts winning outright hmm. with pro football focus player of the week, Carson Wentz. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a hypocrite. I can't knock pro football focus, but also use their offensive line ratings, uh, earlier in the pod. So my apologies, uh, I'll save your, my making fun of pro football focus for another day. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Carson Wentz, uh, playing fine, playing better than I thought he would so far this year. Uh, but still nothing special Colts defense starting the round in the form. Jonathan Taylor's awesome, by the way, like he's a very, uh, yes. good running back. And he's sort of being—I won't say he's carrying their offense, but he's making a lot of big plays for their offense. Um, one of the top running backs in, in the NFL already, uh, in my opinion. And like you, uh, like I said, I, I have the—I have the Colts winning that game outright. And it's kind of confusing to me why people still think the 49ers are good. Best running back Carson Wentz has ever had, right? Wouldn't you say? Uh, Who's better? Yeah, mm, I would agree with that. It's not a- 
Josh Adams. <laughs> it's, yeah. not, it's not like a great list. Obviously, you know, the, the trio of running backs in 2017 was really good, but mm-hmm. like, was there any one like dominant individual player? No. Um, looking at where Carson Wentz is at, Jimmy, with his snap count, I felt like we should mention this. He's at 98.7 on the season, 387 out of 392. And if you go, like, if you use this as a, like kind of on pace thing, culture averaging like 65, just over 65 snaps per game. Uh, and if we use that projection, uh, they should get there in like seven more games played mm-hmm. about. So if you're rooting for that, you know, there you get what everyone should be and is. Uh, I think they're in a pretty good spot to get that pick. And I also think the Titans are still ultimately going to win that division. So big win for be, them. Yeah. Big win over the Bills. Um, like that's almost not amazing, not optimal. I think I kind of in the rooting guide that we do. I think I kind of wanted. I think mm-hmm. I wrote about like it'd be kind of might be better for the Titans to lose just so the Colts have extra room to kind of compete and keep playing Carson Wentz. But uh, for the sake of the Titans winning the division and the Colts not, and I think the Colts are still going to be fine enough where they don't need to have the Titans like you know lose that game. I think it, it things right. still work out. I think he was going to get the first round pick, and I think the Colts are going to rack up some wins over like the Jets and Texans and some of the teams they play. And I don't know if it's going to be a top 10 pick, but maybe like talk about like 13, 14, yeah. somewhere around there. Okay. Can so, Wednesday healthy is the biggest factor for me. Right. Of course. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. It's not about, they're not going to bench him. They're just, I don't think they're going to bench him. Um, again, we've yeah, talked they're, about they're going to stay, they're going to stay relevant enough for, for, uh, yep. to, 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 keep, to prevent, they're, like, they're not going to be done. They're not going to be like out of contention by week 13, which is when they would have to bench him by essentially. And I, I think even healthy. if, even if he's playing well and he is healthy, I don't even know if they bench him then. Just because, like, we saw that relationship went sour when the Eagles benched him. I think I think Carson Wentz wants to be out there. And this is a small note, but I talked about this on the NFC's mixtape with RJ, which is another great podcast on the Bleeding Green Nation feed, which you should listen to. Like, it's kind of weird to me that Carson Wentz was still in that game on Sunday when the yes. Colts were up 28 points late, over. like th- three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And I feel like that's part of Wentz because Wentz wants to be out there. I don't think that's... Like, I think that's totally part of it. Uh, and, and because there's no benefit, like, there's no benefit to that. Like, put the backup in at that point. I mean, most teams will <laughs> right. put their backup in, even if, regardless of the snap <laughs> right, count right. thing, but like, you should especially not have him in there for three snaps that, like, what if that makes the difference at the end of the year? Those three snaps, that would be insane. So anyway, it shows uh, it's spent- at a minimum, it's not where Frank Reich's head is at. Right. Yes. Good point. Um, so. And it wouldn't be because he's the coach. Like yes. he doesn't care. Like it's more about like the front office would care about that. Uh, so why don't we get to our next game? Cause we went way long on that one. We both took the, <laughs> the Colts plus four and a half. This one will be quicker. I think Falcons are two and a half point favorites at the Miami Dolphins, which I said last week, if the Dolphins lose to the Jags, I feel like they have a real chance, not necessarily the most likely outcome, mm-hmm. but there is like a non zero chance that they finish with number one overall. Now this assumes. They don't trade for Deshaun Watson, which apparently might happen because there's talk that that could happen. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that first, I guess, before the game? Okay, so on Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Well, I think it's a bad news for the Eagles if they do execute that trade. I mean, I I hate to like say I tweeted that something about this, blah, blah, blah. But the response is to exactly that, that I said like it was you know, good for the, bad for the Eagles if they trade for Deshaun Watson. People are like just certain that the, the NFL is going to step in and immediately suspend him or put him on a commissioner's mm-hmm. exempt list. Like the second a trade happens and it looks like he's going to start. I don't know if they can really do that. Like, I don't know if it's just that easy for the league to do that. Cause first of all, you have, you have the NFL PA that will go absolutely uh, ape poopy again. And uh, not only that, like 
the Texans were, this is a point that was made by uh, the great uh, Sam Lynch, I believe. Not only like um, the, the Texans like were asking the NFL to suspend him, which in turn would negate yeah. all the guarantees in his contract. And the NFL and they didn't don't do it. a roster spot on him too. <laughs> right. So they can't yeah. like, they can't not suspend him then. And then all of a sudden a trade is consummated and they're okay, well, we're going to suspend him now. Like, I, I guess it's possible that it could happen, but the idea that like people are so certain that it's going to happen, just, I don't understand that logic. So, I mean, we'll see, maybe he will get suspended or put on this commissioner's exemplar. I well, don't know. We'll see. But, uh, Regardless, like if he produces one more win than they would have gotten with Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tagovailoa, then it's bad for the Eagles. Like it's that simple. uh, Well, I think too, like if the Dolphins are trading for him, I think they have a pretty good idea he's going to play at least somewhere. (laughs) More than zero games. Like I'm pretty sure if they're giving up a big package, like they have some (laughs) level. And I don't know how they have that level of confidence. I can't tell you how, but like they have to if they're doing that. They're not just going into it like we're going to trade all this stuff and then he's going to play zero games. Like he might not play every single game, but he's going to play some. Yeah. Which again, like you said, is a loss. So yeah. And obviously it's worth paying attention to from the angle that the Eagles were previously heavily rumored to be interested in him. And then Jay Glazer said earlier this month that they weren't in the mix at this time. But then there was that recent report from the athletic <laughs> on Wednesday that the Eagles were involved in recent discussions. And that, that kind of read to me, like maybe that was just like a leverage thing. Yeah. But I think it also could have been like Howie checking in, just like, hey, like, what's the cost? Yeah. Like, you know, kind of just doing due diligence. But, but I also think that even if it is just like a mere due diligence thing, that is still relevant when it comes to the fact that, you know, Eagles very much not sold, I believe, on their starting quarterback right now, Jalen Hurts. Um, so anyway, I'm going to take the Falcons two and a half. The Falcon or the Dolphins are, the Dolphins stink. They're coming back from London. They didn't get mm-hmm. that buy that yeah. most teams have after the London game. Uh, just a lot of bad vibes with them right now. And they just stink. And the Falcons aren't great, but they are coming off a bye. Yes. And I think they it's two and a half. It's not even like you're like they're the full three point favorites here. Like I think they can cover this and win. Yeah, I mean you took uh my my point exactly that they're coming back from London and the Falcons are coming off a bye. And like my understanding is like teams have the option of asking for the bye after the after they're playing in London. And I guess Miami just didn't ask for it, which is strange to me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, like you said, they stink right now. I mean, that's just, that team's bad uh, on offense and defense. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. I have the Falcons. And Falcons actually looked a little bit better, I guess. Like the, their two wins have come against the Giants and Jets. So take that for what it's worth. But at a minimum, at least they've shown they can beat the worst teams in the NFL, which mm-hmm. I think you can put the Dolphins in that category. Okay, so we're both taking the Falcons to win and cover. That brings us to the football team at the Packers. I feel like I can keep this short, and I'm going to take <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers, who I thought it was awesome that he said, I own you to the Bears <laughs> yeah. fans. And I st- I was, so I was doing the SB Nation NFL show this week with my co-host Rob Stats Carrera, and he thought it was lame. And I'm like, Stats, so wrong, so objectively wrong about this. Every single NFL fan wants their quarterback to do that. I would love if the Eagles had a quarterback who could do that, like that, and like in a, in a deserved way. You can't have it, you know, just some like bad player do it. That's not fun or like earned. Like it was very earned. It was awesome. And the Washington football team defense might be the worst in the NFL. And if Aaron Rodgers can't carve it up, then I, I just I don't even know. I am why would you why would you assume otherwise? So Packers, they're covering seven and a half. What about you? It's unscripted too. Like it's not like he gave that thought 
and set like he ran in for a touchdown, got hit on the play, got up, did his little discount like double check. Him up. <laughs> What's that? I feel like the hit juiced him up. Like oh, yeah. He got hit like that, and he was like, whew, like yeah. gave him like more power. <laughs> <laughs> Did the discount double check it, and he got up. And he said later that he saw like uh, some woman giving him the double bird. And actually, yeah. somebody went uh, somebody went back and like they they uh, I guess they took a screenshot of a uh, video of from the stands, and there were like all kinds of people uh, giving him the finger. So like Chicagoans are just like us where they, uh, they'll fire off the, the middle finger to the opposing quarterback. So yeah, I'm with you. Like, you know, good for him showing some emotion, uh, maybe gotten a little too much, uh, coverage over the last week. And, uh, Jalen Hurts even got asked about, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, Aaron, Aaron Rogers, uh, I own you incident. Uh, and he didn't know what to make of that question and didn't really know how to answer it. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Packers easily over this terrible Washington football team, which, by the way, uh, after losing to the Chiefs this past week, now have given up the most points so far through th- through six games in the NFL. I would say the coverage that's received, though, kind of tells us we should have more players mic'd up in the moment. Yes. We be well, he wasn't even mic'd up, was he? There no, just had to I be mean- a camera right there. Right. That's what I mean, though. Like more like access to that, even if yes, you're not yes. mic'd up, but like having cameras, like, you know, just more, just more production value, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Like lean into it, make okay. it like, like not make it full on WWE, but like lean that way a little bit more. Like, you know, make it more drama and like lean into all that. Cause it's, it's fun. It's good. Um, Panthers are two and a half point favorites at the New York football giants. I mean, I think Sam Darnold stinks, man. I can't. I just like he had that good drive at the end of the game to send the Vikings Panthers game into overtime. But outside of that, he was like horrendous. He is terrible. And I can't feel good about betting on him, but I have to here because the Giants are just (laughs) a huge mess. And I just don't know how you could take New York right now. I just I do not. Yeah, they're bad and they're banged up. And uh, the Panthers, I'm with you. They suck, but they're less sucky than the Giants who you know, I mean, just they're just a total disaster. Uh, so uh, MetLife Stadium trash cans, uh, be on the lookout for uh, a raging John Mara after this game. Um, I had a really good conversation with uh, RJ about the Giants and just how like, it's how pathetic they are really. And honestly, how I, I almost feel bad for them just because they're just, they're so terrible. Like it's not even like fun anymore to necessarily yeah. like point out how bad they are. It's just like pathetic. It's just like, <laughs> it's not exciting or interesting. It's just like, yeah, they're really bad and that's it. Uh, so that's end of conversation there. So all of our picks are the same this week, which brings us into the Eagles Raiders game where the Raiders are only standard three point favorites. And I kind of thought that was weird yeah. at first, but then I looked into the loss Vegas Raiders a little bit more Jimmy and when you take a closer look yeah they're four and two and the Eagles are on the opposite end of that spectrum at two and four but these teams might be closer than you would think Mm -hmm. like the Raiders only have a plus three point differential that's actually the second worst of any team with at least uh four wins okay uh so there's that if you go by DVOA football outsiders the Eagles actually rank above the Raiders in DVOA Mm -hmm. the Eagles are at 18th while the Las Vegas Raiders are at 21st. Um, all that being said, uh, I think the Eagles' offensive struggles just give me a lot of pause right now, and I don't love betting on that. 
And I think, I don't know that I expect Derek Carr to necessarily totally carve up this defense. And I think it's possible that maybe I'm not giving enough weight to the Eagles defensive line going up against that Raiders offensive line. But I just think with the weapons they have, the Raiders will be able to do enough against a defense that does allow a lot of bending and breaking Mm -hmm. uh, a little too much at times. So, and I think just the game, I know there's probably going to be a lot of Eagles fans out there. They're not even think there. I know there are going to be a lot of Eagles fans out there in Vegas, but it's a road game. And I just don't love everything. And also, the Raiders look good, you know, against the Broncos. I know yeah. the Broncos aren't great, but, like, that was a very inspired performance. And I think there's something, too, that I don't know how long that lasts. I think that bump is temporary sometimes. Um, but it could be that, like, they're trending in a better way now that John Gruden is gone and a disgrace. Uh, so I will take the Raiders to actually win this game in a close one. And I'll say they covered, too. Yeah, um, your point is uh, is is a good one in that, for me, like I was interested to see how they were going to come out and play against Denver in their first game after John Gruden resigned. Um, and they played really well in that game. And that game wasn't really even a game. Like they just easily handled uh, the Broncos. And I thought that like if it went the other way where like there for me, it was either they were really going to show up or they were going to just kind of, you know, fold. And uh, if the latter happened, then I would really like the Eagles chances in this game. Uh, but they showed up and they played really well. So uh, I do think it'll carry over into this game because it'll be the first home game uh, after yeah. John Gruden resigned. And um, for me, like the, the advantages that the Eagles have um, are in the trenches. I mean, on both sides of the ball where, you know, they can beat up potentially on this Raiders offensive line. I think when you have these Eagles matchups, you know, defensive line versus the opposing offensive line, sometimes, they work out for the Eagles and then sometimes they don't take advantage of those. They don't take advantage of like those seemingly mismatches Um, on the other side of the ball. I think the Eagles would have a major advantage if um, they would decide to just move guys against their will uh, in the run game, at least a little bit. But I think that Nick Sirianni is just going to have a similar game plan to the ones that he had uh, against the Chiefs, Buccaneers and Cowboys. And he's going to try to air the ball out a lot and, and try to match points with them or try to outscore them that way. And I don't think it's going to work out for them. I have the Raiders winning this game. Not super comfortably. I do have them covering. I'd say like a score of like 28, 21, something like that. Uh, but I, I don't like I don't I don't have much confidence like you. Um, in this Eagles. The one thing I'll also mention too that we didn't mention during the matchups is like the Eagles have faced teams all season long that have like missed a bunch of cornerbacks. So for example, like the Buccaneers were without Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Murphy bunting. You have like the Niners who uh, had to sign Josh Norman off the street uh, prior to that game. The Buccaneers had to sign uh, Richard Sherman off the street. Um, Panthers had to trade. They traded for CJ Henderson. Yep. And then Steph, Stefan Gilmore couldn't play in that game, but was going to eventually because they lost uh, JC Horn for the season. Uh, So it's been, you know, all these teams that have really banged up cornerbacks. The Raiders are going to be missing Trayvon Mullen, who is a starter for them. And yet I just don't think the Eagles going to be able to take advantage of that either. So um, I don't know. We'll see how this game goes. It's, it's as we, as you mentioned earlier, it's a really pivotal game, but ultimately just don't think this Eagles team has it. I think they go to two and five. And I think that the um, the notion of them being sellers at the trade deadline really ramps up uh, on, in Monday and beyond. I, the, how I'll put a bow on this is that I think the Eagles have 
uh, or the Raiders rather, have earned a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. than the Eagles currently have. And it's not just about being two and four. It's also how, how they got to this point. And I just don't, you know, Nick Sirianni and Darren Hart's not inspiring the most confidence right now. I think at least with the Raiders, they have some more competency going on at head coach, even though it's an interim guy and quarterback. So uh, if you want to boil it down to that. Uh, Jimmy, do you have any final thoughts, including hashtag BGN Good Eats? Oh, yeah. So uh, let me give a little shout out to, I don't know if I've, mentioned these guys before i think i may have but i'll just do it again uh casa nostra in marlton new jersey uh my daughter loves their mac and cheese bites but for me i think they have this like uh, i think it's called cardona salad i don't know what makes it different than like it's sort of like a caesar salad but a little bit different i don't know what makes it different but it's phenomenal with chicken Mm. outstanding and then they also have uh this like lemon chicken which Normally wouldn't be my bag, but for whatever reason, it's very, very tasty. So if you live in Marlton uh, or surrounding Medford, Mount Laurel, whatever, give Casa Nostra a shot because they're pretty good. Uh, okay. So I know we said we're going to do it one, but I just want to say that I'm going to Barclay Prime this weekend. Big okay. flex um, by me, like a birthday dinner kind of thing. So I'm excited for that uh, to go there. Uh, they don't need a shout out. They're doing probably just fine. <laughs> I think they're I doing think. okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but still, uh, really nice. Uh, so I actually have one from a listener that I want to read here. Okay. This one we got a week ago from our good friend Matt Latucci, uh, who said that he being out there in Las Vegas, uh, a Chickies and Pete's just opened up. So. Uh, or, or he's looking for, I guess he's traveling. He's out there. So there is a Chickies and Pete's out there. If you want some, you know, flavor, obviously maybe from Philly, you don't want that because you can get it here, but mm-hmm. there's some people maybe who aren't coming from Philly and want some of that kind of Philly flavor. So that's good out there. You can look for that if you didn't know that already. Um, Jimmy, that does it for this week's episode, our second episode of this week. Before we roll out, I just do want to say that you should. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTN15 for 15% off Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You should subscribe, rate, review to the BGN Radio podcast, Queen Your Nation podcast feed, uh, where you can get all of our shows. You should also check out the SB Nation NFL show, our national coverage. I should have mentioned earlier that our, the lines we talked about from our picks were from DraftKings Sportsbook. You can actually use discount or promo code, rather SBNNFL on the DraftKings Sportsbook app to get a special offer. They are the sponsor of the SB Nation NFL show. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton on Instagram as well at Brandon Gowton. Jimmy Kemsky is on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Check out BGN underscore radio on Twitter for the BGN radio podcast Twitter handle. Check out at Bleeding Green on Twitter for the BleedingGreenNation.com Twitter handle. BleedingGreenNation.com is where you can find my work, PhillyVoice.com, Jimmy's work. And we will talk to you next time unless you have one thing, more thing to say, Jimmy. Thank you, Charlie, for not barking uh, during the episode. I was almost certain he would, but he was a good boy. So treats Wolf. for him. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.